here. Welcome, and well, the snow was not very happy today, but we're going to start, and and we're going to start in, oh, we're, oh, we're going to start in prayer, and then we're going to, yeah, open up. Okay, Father God, thank you. Thank you for letting us come here and be here in your presence, God. Thank you for your heart to us. We we just want to ask you to bless uh, this morning, this this um, faith uh, class, and, and that you just bless uh, Naomi and, and Morris to, uh, this morning, that you can give them the words and, and the heart to pour out uh, all the things you want to, to tell us and, and give us ears and, and hearts open to receive what you want to say. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Uh, well, our first presenter is uh, Naomi. Hello, my name is Caleb. Uh, we will be your uh, help lead them this morning and uh, hand out anything that they have today. Um, the first up is uh, Reverend Morris Jackson. I'm just going to introduce him real quick. Uh, Morris moved uh, here in, the, in his 20s, uh, pursued career in boxing. He uh, did professional boxing in 1970. Uh, he committed his life to Christ in 1983, so he's been hard after the Lord since then. Um, his heart is uh, faith, and one of his uh, key scriptures is now, the just shall live by faith. Um, he does the good news and jail prison ministry for over 26 years. Um, he's been in the church of glad tidings slash good news for over 38 years. Um, his uh, wife, Janice, is sitting here with him today, and uh, they have lovely children. They've been here for quite a while, and uh, just welcome him this morning. Thank you. Good morning. The topic of faith is one I think that at some time everybody struggled with. I know I have. <coughs> but it's something that everybody has. Uh, I don't care who you are. Yeah, everybody has, some, has faith. Uh, a measure of faith. The origin of faith. We're going to talk about that, the origin of faith. Uh, where does faith come from? And then we cover some areas uh, in faith and how faith works. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time that we have here together to to learn of you. Jesus, we ask your presence. Holy Spirit, we thank you to hear, come and give us understanding, open. Teach us, Lord, and we give you the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. <clears throat> now, I'm going to stick to my notes so uh, we can, so I leave Naomi some time, so, <laughs> but uh, stick, try to stick to my notes here. I'm going to start out with Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. If by grace you're saved, through faith, and that not of yourself, but it is a gift of God. Faith that's given to us by grace we're saved through faith. And the subject for this topic was the shield of faith. 
And Paul admonished us also in Ephesians, above all, take the shield of faith where we should be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. <clears throat> faith is given to us to quench, to guard us from Satan's attack. Satan's going to attack your mind with thoughts, doubt, unbelief, and he's going to be attacking you all the time. <clears throat> but if we keep the shield of faith, if we... Uh, keep that shield of faith in front of us and keep that shield of faith over us and around us is going to protect us from the attack of the enemy. Faith is the conduit or the channel to God's grace. Let me say that again. Faith is the conduit or the channel to God's grace. Grace contains everything that God has for us. Grace contains everything that God has for us. Paul says in Romans, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. It's through the grace given to us. Uh, the Bible says God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. You know, I believe, I don't care if you're an atheist or you're an agnostic or who you may be. I think there's a measure of faith. You have to believe in something, something outside of self, something beyond you, something that's above you, something that's, that's there. And that is God. They may, they may try to say it's, you know, something else, but it's God. God has given to every man the measure of faith. And how they use that faith is going to determine that they're, they're going to use it to, to to accept God's grace, or are they going to try to uh, say there is no God, but there is something else? As was stated, the scripture that I'm looking at is uh, the just shall live by faith. Now, this is quoted four times in the Bible, once in the Old Testament and three times in the New Testament. In Habakkuk 2.4, in Romans 1.17, the just shall live by faith. Galatians 3.11, now the just shall live by faith. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Faith cometh by hearing and by hearing the word of God. The word is like a seed, and faith is that embryo or that, or that, that, that contains uh, that's inside the word of God. It's the center of God's word. Faith is in the center of God's word. Genuine faith always affects the whole man, spiritual, spiritual, soul, and body. Genuine faith affects the spirit, soul, and body. By, by faith, we submit our will to God. By faith, we submit our heart to God, which is spirit man. By faith, we submit our intellect or to the word of God, the soul of man. By faith, we submit our, our volition or our decisions to the will of God. But without faith, the Bible said, it is impossible to do what? Impossible to do what? Please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. God gives us faith. He knows that our faith works. God knows that faith works. And without using that faith, it's impossible to please him. 
Now, the biblical definition of faith is found, we say, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, define faith as the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Therefore, uh, it embraces two elements, substance and evidence. Now, the word substance comes from a term which means that which stands under or lack of support. In the first century, it was used as a legal term, the evidence of ownership. A suggested translation of substance is title deed. Faith is a title deed of things hoped for. Faith is also the evidence of the things not seen. The word evidence means to have a conviction. In that context means things already done. To have a conviction that things are already done. Faith is the title deed which guarantees these things which we are hoped and trusting for. And furthermore, faith is firmly convinced that while, it is un, while its expectations is yet unseen by the natural senses, it is a matter already accomplished by God and a waste of manifestation of his perfect timing. To put it another way, it's believing that God's promises are as much ours today as they was when the scriptures were first written. God's promises are much ours today as it was when the scriptures were first written. Now, who can fully express the potential that represents faith? Perhaps it's a clear way to bring faith potential into focus is to two statements that are made by Jesus. In Matthew chapter 19, Jesus says, all things are possible with God. He says in Mark 9.23 that all things are possible to him who believes. Now, each of these statements, we find the statement, all things are possible. Perhaps we can accept that all things are possible with God, but can we equally accept that all things are possible to the one who believes? Yet this is what Jesus tells us. In practical terms, it means that through faith, the things that are possible to God are made equally possible, acceptable, available, obtainable, and reachable to the one who believes. Believing is exercising our faith. And on the other hand, exercising our faith is believing. Show me your faith without works, and I'll show you my faith by my works, the Bible says. Genuine faith is based on God's word. Galatians 5, 6, say, but the just, but the but faith which worketh by love, faith that worketh by love. I notice the most times that, that I use faith and when I, when I really have faith is when I have love, when, I, when there is love for something or someone who is suffering and I really have a love for them. Many times the Bible says Jesus was moved with compassion, and with the compassion he moved and he healed people. And faith really comes activated. Faith really becomes activated is when we're moved with compassion, when we have a love for someone, and we see that person suffering with a sickness or, or, or in, with an infirmity or something, and we're moved with compassion. We have faith to lay hands on that person and pray for that person. 
I remember when I was working in the meat processing plant and years ago, uh, I was a, a meat cutter, meat trimmer, uh, and and there are several guys working on a table. You know, we're trimming meat, roast beef, pastrami, and those type of thing. We're trimming beef. And this one gentleman, older gentleman, he, he, his arm was hurting him so bad. I don't know if he had arthritis or what he had in his arm. It was just hurting him so bad. He couldn't trim meat that day. He went to the farm and says, hey, can I, you know, I got to go. I, can I go home? My, my arm is so sore. I can't even hardly lift my knife. And the farmer said, yeah, you can go. Go home. So he went home. And I was uh, uh, fairly a new Christian, still a baby in the, in the Lord. But I was impressed by the Lord just to go back into the dressing room and pray for him before he left, before he left. And so I went back, and he was sitting on the bench and getting his clothes ready to, uh, to go. And, and I says, hey, uh, do you mind if I pray for you? And he just looked at me kind of strange. He said, okay, yeah, I don't mind. And so I prayed for him. I just laid hands on him, grabbed him by the arm, prayed for him, laid for him, hands on him, prayed for him. And then I went on back to my table and cut him meat. And pretty soon, here he comes back out to the table cutting meat. <laughs> he didn't have to go home. God healed him, took all this pain away. And that was, you know. I felt sorry for the man because I knew he had a family and I knew that he needed to work. And I had a compassion for him. I had, I, the compassion came over me that, you know, you know, and so I just went back to pray for him. In 2 Corinthians, Paul said, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is a channel that makes God's possibilities available to us. Faith. Jesus talks about it in Mark chapter 11. We know this scripture, verse 22. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. But have the God kind of faith, he's saying. But surely I say to you that whosoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast to the sea, and does not die in his heart, but believe those things which he says will be done, he will have whatsoever he says. You know, when I started uh, as a chaplain with Good News Jail and Prison Ministry, uh, going and just this started now be 27 years ago. Uh, I was working at the meat processing place, and I was working for American Electronics doing installations and stuff like that. And I was uh, uh, invited to come and be a chaplain to jail. And the thing about working at a, at a meat processing place, I got a check every Friday. I got a Friday. It was payday. You know, I know I have my check coming. But when you go to a ministry, a faith mission ministry, you are supported by individuals and business, and you know, and 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 so uh, it was kind of kind of a step of faith to go from getting a check every week to wondering when you're going to get paid. And I think when Janice, my wife, had a discussion, and the thing that came to me, I said, "Now the just should live by faith." So I guess we got to start now. You know, we got to start now. So, uh, and God has been faithful. This ministry, the church, Good News Church, is a faith mission ministry. You know, it depends on God. It depends on what God is going to supply every need. Whether you have a job or whether you don't, it depends on God. It's just living by faith. Everybody, every one of us is living by faith. As we get up in the morning, we go, we've got a job to go to. If we don't have a job to go to, we're living by faith. The just shall live by faith. By faith, we understand that the worlds were made. Faith stressed a relationship to the invisible. And we can't see it all the time. By faith, we understand that the worlds were made, prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made of the things which are visible. 
Our senses relate us to the visible world, that what is seen. But faith takes us behind the visible to the invisible, to the underlying reality by which the whole universe was formed. That is, by the spoken word of God. So faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we're admonished in the book of, and to, to build up our faith, to exercise our faith. We're admonished to exercise our faith. In Jude chapter 20, it says, But you, beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith. How do you do that? By praying in the Holy Spirit. By praying in the Holy Spirit, you're building your faith up. Paul says that he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, and he that prays in an unknown tongue, edifies himself. He's edified himself. How does that work? Well, let me, let me, let me give you an insight on how, how that works. When the Holy Spirit is making intercession for us, the Bible says he's making intercession for us according to the what? The will of God? The Holy Spirit makes intercession for us according to the will of God, or the word of God. And so when we're praying in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit picks up on our praying and picks up on our groaning, and he begins to make intercession for us, for we know not what we should pray for as we are, but the Holy Spirit begins to make intercession for us according to the, the Word of God. And so the Word of God has been praying. We're praying in the Spirit. We're praying God's Word. And our inner man, our spirit man, is hearing the Word of God, where faith comes from, where faith is. And it's building up our faith. And that's when you're praying in the Spirit, it builds up your faith. And that's why Jude says you can pray, build up your faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. Because it's praying the Word of God. It's praying, it's interceding for us according to the will of God. Even the Bible says Jesus sits at the right hand of God. He's making intercession for us. He's making intercession for us. And so the Holy Spirit is picking up on what Jesus is saying, and he's praying that into our spirits. And so our spirit has been, and so we've been edified and our faith has been built up because what has been prayed into our spirits. It's like Superman going into the phone booth and coming out, you know, like Carl Clinton going into the phone booth and coming out of Superman. It's like when you go into your prayer closet and you spend time with the Lord and you're praying in the Holy Ghost and praying in the Spirit and you're building your faith up. Man, when you come out there, you feel like, you know, you're ready to take the world on because your faith is built up. Faith relates us to those, to God himself and to the spoken word. You know, what first, the first way I learned to exercise my faith was by tithing. I'm not going to meddle, so don't, don't, don't get worried. But that's the, first, that's the first place I learned to exercise my faith. I remember, I, I remember talking to my wife, and she said that she <laughs> to tell you this here. You know, uh, we, we were uh, uh, both, both was working, and we still had month left at, the end, left at the end of our money. We were paying bills. You know, we had doctor bills. We had all these bills. We had things that we had to pay off, and we still. And, and so I told my wife, once I became a believer, I was radically saved. You know, I became a believer. I said, hey, I'm going to start paying my tithes because I knew that was what you had to do. She said, we can't afford to pay our tithes. We can't pay all our bills now. How are we going to afford to pay our tithes? I said, we can't af not afford to pay our tithes. She said, okay, well, you can pay your tithes. That's all right. You can pay yours, but I got to pay these bills. <laughs> but me being the spiritual head of the house and being the man of God and being the spiritual head of the house, I began to pay tithes. Now, my wife is an accountant to bookkeeper. She knows numbers. 
And several months, several months, months, money was left at the end of the month. And she was scratching her head wondering, how is this happening? Who gets, who writes the check for tithes now? I won't tell you. <clears throat> but that's a good way to exercise your faith. God said, trust me in it. Trust me in this. Test me in this. It's a good way to exercise your faith. But we walk by faith and not by sight. If we walk by sight, we don't need faith. The world says seeing is believing. But the Bible says first we must believe, then we will see. You know the story of Lazarus who, was, um, who had died and, and uh, Martha came to him and, and Jesus said, well, your brother's going to rise again. And he goes and he said, remove the, remove the stone." And Martha's sister of the deceased said to him, Lord, by this time he stinks. He's been dead for four days. And Jesus said, did I not say to you, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. Believing, the world says we got to see it, but God said you got to believe it, then you're going to see it. When he asked Martha, he's asking us the same thing today. We must believe, then we will see. Faith is believing and it comes before seeing. David says in Psalms, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have despaired unless I believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The things that keep us from despairing is not what we see, but what we believe. Let me say that again. The things that makes you desperate and, and make you keep you from despairing is not what you see but what you believe there's things all things going on around us but where is our faith where is your belief that keeps us from fear that keeps us from being desperate not what we see but what we believe some years ago, I was uh, a couple of days a week. I'd come in and do some uh, do some uh, uh, pastoral counseling. I have a BA in biblical counseling, and I was doing some counseling here at the church. and And uh, I had an appointment with a man. One of my appointments was a man. He came in in his early thirties, <clears throat> and he came in and he sat down and he said, uh, "When you, when, you, when I went to do my funeral, when I do my funeral." And he used some explicits, and he said, I want a six-pack of beer in there, and I want a pack of cigarettes in there, my casket, and I don't want this, and I don't want that. And I said, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. I mean, he just came and blast. He came right in the door, sat down, and began to blast, and, had, you know, use some uh, explicit words and talk about what he wanted in his casket, how he wanted his funeral done. And I said, wait a minute, what? You know, I said, I mean, he's 30-something years old, looked healthy. I said, what's, what's going on? He said, well, my doctor says I'm about to get my things in order because I got he had some type of hepatitis that was number was way up here, 5,000, 10,000, I don't know, whatever number it was. It was real high, and the doctor told him that, that he probably, within a week, he about to get everything in order. And so I just said, wait a minute, and I began to, I began to share my story. I began to tell him about my testimony, what I used to do, and how, you know, how God saved me, and then... Uh, uh, and, and told him, I want to make sure that he goes to heaven. If he want to die, you know, that's one thing I want to do. I'll make sure he's going to heaven. And so uh, led, him into, led him into prayer into Christ, and he, he settled down, and he prayed to receive Christ as his Savior. 
I mean, God just moved in here and he just prayed to see the Savior, prayed to see Christ. And then he left. And, uh, and a couple of weeks later, I'm in a counseling session and the phone rings. One of the secretaries up front says, there's a guy on the phone. He wants to talk to you. I said, well, I'm right in the middle. He said, well, I think you need to talk to this guy. He's really excited. He want, I don't know why he, he wants to really talk to you. So I, get to, I pick up the phone. I talk to him. And he's just excited. And he's just saying, man, you know, I went to the doctor. And the doctor said my, the, my hepatitis level was all the way down to whatever, just a, a minor number. God healed this man. <laughs> totally healed this man. And he brought, brought his family to church. He was set up in the balcony up in the corner there. Brought his so family to church here and brought his family to church. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. The Bible says, by faith Moses left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. He endured as seeing him who was unseen. Visible circumstances didn't give him hope or encouragement, but he endured. He had patience because of faith. Faith enabled us to see the unseen. There's, there's an eye of faith that gives us that that we can see the unseen, that we can believe. We are challenged once more by the contrast between the visible and invisible. For in Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, says, For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. While we look not on the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. There's only one way to look at, all, at things which we have not seen, and that's through the eyes of faith. Faith lifts us above the realm of our own ability and makes God possibilities available to us. I've seen this faith, seen God's faith work. Even when I, I'm not even sure of the faith, but you just step out. You just step out and do it. You just step out to pray. You just step out to lay hands. You just step out to do what God Impress on your heart to do. Tell you about the story of how my faith is, you know, was really, really crashed one day. I'm going to tell you the stupid crash stories. But uh, I was playing. The church used to have a basketball team, and we'd play other churches. In fact, you had a basketball league. And in playing basketball, I went up for a rebound. I stepped back, and some big guy stepped back on my heel and popped my Achilles tendon. Just popped it and just, you know, hold up. So my foot was flat. I couldn't get up on it. I didn't have much pain, but, but, but I couldn't get up on my toe. My foot just stayed flat, and I didn't know what was the matter. I didn't know my Achilles tendons were snapped. And so uh, I went home, and, and, uh, and I was just kind of numb and in pain a little bit. And, and Janice said, well, you need to go to the hospital. You better get this checked out. And so I, I lived a few blocks from Emmanuel Hospital, so I went over there. And they looked at it, and they took it. They said, hey, your, your Achilles tendons are snapping your your it's rolled up like a window shade on your, the back of your list. So that's why you couldn't walk. That's why you couldn't step on it. And we're going to put you in the hospital. I said, well, no. They called my doctor. Uh, and I said, well, I'll go, to, I'll go home. I'll come back in the morning. So I went back in the morning. And I, I got to my doctor and uh, went to surgery to get that fixed. I woke up. I had a cast on up to my hip, uh, you know. And so here now, um, I can't work because I'm working on a meat processing plant where you got to wear boots and you got to rubber, you know. And so I can't work that. And so it's going to be six weeks. I'm in a cast up to my hip for six weeks. Well, all this time I'm in a cast, I'm at home for six weeks. All I'm doing is reading my Bible and praying, praying in the Spirit. That's all I do all day, you know. I get up, I have breakfast, I do what I do. And the rest of the day I'm reading my Bible and just reading through New Testament. And it's just, it was just so amazing how, I mean, it was just almost like I was sitting in the scene and watching Jesus. Like I was sitting right in, you know, 
right in the scene and watching Jesus do all these things, how he, how he embarrassed the Pharisees and how he would, you know, uh, you know, trick them and all that thing. And, and so, uh, and then I went back to the doctor and I'm thinking, okay, when I go back, I'm really going to, you know, uh, I'm really going to be healed of this here. So I'm believing God's going to heal me. And so I go back to the doctor, you know, they're going to take this big cast off and they go to give me a walking cast. And, I, and I'm thinking, well, no, I'm probably not going to need that because, you know, I've got faith. God's going to heal me. When he took that cast off, my leg was this big around and my fin, I guess, it was so, and it was so painful and I couldn't even get up on it, man. I, all my face went out the window. So. <laughs> and so they put a walking cast on me for another six weeks. At least at that time, I was able to drive a little bit, but I couldn't go to work and still, you know, so I just spent time in the red. And during this time, I got a call from the church and says, hey, there's uh, all the pastors away at a conference, and, and, uh, and there's a lady whose mother is dying, and she who attends our church, her mother's dying. She wants somebody to go visit them in the hospital and go pray for her. Uh, could you do that? And I said, okay. And so I go to the hospital, you know, my walking cast, and, and I, I, walk in, I walk in this room, and there's two girls and their mother, and she's there with this tent over her and, you know, and, and so uh, they walk out, and and so I talk to her and I pray, you know, uh, and I say, okay, if she's going to die, I want to make sure she go to heaven. I mean, that's my first thought every time, anyway. You know, hey, let's make, you know, she's going to, if God's going to take her home, let's make sure she's going to heaven. And so I asked her, did she know the Lord? She didn't. And so I explained the gospel to her that Jesus Christ died for her sins, how she can accept Him as a saving Lord and be, you know, and have the guarantee of eternal life. And and so she prayed with me to receive Christ. And and when she finished praying to receive, pray to receive Christ, the next thing that came out of my mouth was. Now, chilling is the children's bread. I mean, I didn't even think about it. It just came right out of my mouth. It came right out of my spirit. Now, healing is the children's bread. If I pray for you, believe God can heal you. And she just looked at me. She didn't really know. And so I know what all I prayed for, and I left, and I walked out in the hallway, and the daughter says, uh, are you a pastor? And I said, well, no, I'm not. And she said, well, we're looking for somebody to do my mother's funeral. I said, well, your mother's not dead. They said, well, it's kind of hard to live without lungs. And... Fear gripped me. You ever say something, you know, when somebody say something to you and you think you had all this faith and fear gripped me and came out of my, I just began to say, well, the God that I serve is a, is a God that was in a line den with, with Daniel. The God was the God that crossed the Red Sea. I mean, just the, anything I could say to begin to combat that fear. I just began to quote scripture. Well, the God that I serve. I said, when God heals your mother, would you come to church with her? And she looked at me and she said, Yeah. And, and I go down in the, in, on the interway to the auditorium uh, going out, and there was family from Texas, from California. You know, the doctor said she may have had a day to live. And so I get home, and the next morning I wake up, and the devil says, call and see if she's still there. Now I, now, I told them, I said, I'll be back next week. That's what I told the mother. That's what I told the children. I'll be back next week. And I get home, and the, and the, the thought comes to my mind. I know it was the devil says, call and see if she's still there. I said, no, devil, I told her I'd be back next week. Every morning I wake up the next day. Why don't you call and see if she's still there? I said, no, I told her I'd be back next week. And every day, and a week later, I went back and she was still there. Two weeks later, she was out of intensive care. Two weeks later, she was released from the hospital. And two weeks later, she walked in the back door of our church with her daughter. I'm talking about the power of God. I'm talking just about believing by standing out and standing in faith. That's the kind of faith that God. See, the devil's going to tempt you. Going to try. If I'd have picked up that phone to call, I'd have signed her death certificate. The devil get us to do that. 
And I just kept saying, no, I told her I'd be back next week. That was my word. I told her I'd be back next week. As we maintain our relationship with God through faith, we can endure and overcome the tests and the hardships that confronts us in our daily life. As Christians, we need to trust God, to trust his word without demanding other evidence. As Christians, we need to trust God and his word without demanding other evidence. Just a few weeks ago, I was coming and I was in a jail and, and I was on my way uh, to a part of the jail and there was this lady, she works in uh, mental health and, and she's what another day was walking with and she was just barely, she was just barely walking and, uh, you know, she's, you know, early third, late thirties or early forties, you know, and she's just barely walking and, and I said, what's the matter? I said, you know, she said, oh, it's my back. Uh, uh, and I forgot what she said was. Well, do you mind if I pray for you? You know, and she just said, "Okay," you know, just casual, okay. And so I just prayed, you know, casual prayer, you know, just prayed and left, you know, and just kept going. Uh, and the next day, I see her. You know, she's just walking, just as straight, and just big smile on her face. And and ever since then, she's been walking. You know, I mean, just she never can. And then and then she started bringing people to me, or sending people to me for, you know. Mental health person, she starts says, "Hey, could you, you know, would you go see this guy? Would you go see this person? Would you go talk to him? You know, faith is just believing. It's just stepping out and doing what God says, doing what God's word says. Faith, faith that God gives is given to every one of us to measure faith. I'm gonna close with just give you some scripture on 15 types of faith. There's great faith." Found in Matthew chapter 8, verse 10. There's mustard seed faith. Found in Matthew chapter 17 and Luke 17. Strong faith. Found in Romans chapter 4, verse 20. Weak faith. Romans 14, verse 1. Steadfast faith. Colossians 2, 5. Unfeigned or unhypocritical faith is found in 1 Timothy and 1 5 and 2 Timothy 1 5. Shipwreck faith found in 1 Timothy 1 19 and 20. Bold faith, 1 Timothy 3 13. First faith found in 1 Timothy 5 12. Overthrown faith, 2 Timothy 2 18. Common faith, Titus 1 4. Sound faith. Titus one thirteen. Rich faith. James two five. Precious faith. Second Peter one one. And no faith. Found in Mark chapter four. And there's also two scriptures in the Old Testament where there is no faith. Which which ones? All of them. Okay. Okay. All right. A little slower. Sorry. <laughs> Trying to say Naomi some time. Great faith. Matthew chapter eight, verse ten. Got that one? 
All right, when I, when I quote them and you get them, just say amen. All right, that way I know you got them. Great faith, Matthew chapter 8, verse 10. Mustard seed faith, Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. Luke chapter 17, verse 6. Luke 17, 6. Strong faith. Romans 4.20. Weak faith. Romans 14.1. Steadfast faith. Colossians 2.5. Unfeigned or unhypocritical faith. 1 Timothy 1 5, 2 Timothy 1 5. Unhypocritical faith, unfeigned faith, unfeigned faith. 1 Timothy 1 5, 2 Timothy 1 5. Shipwrecked faith, 1 Timothy 1 19 and 20. Bold faith, 1 Timothy 3.13. First faith, 1 Timothy 5.12. Overthrown faith, 2 Timothy 2.18. Common faith, Titus 1.4. Second faith, Titus 1.13. Second faith, Titus 1.13. Rich faith, James 2.5. Precious faith, 2 Peter 1.1. 1, 1. And then no faith. Okay. You got precious faith, 2 Peter 1.1. 1, 1. And no faith, Mark 4, verse 40. Fifteen types of faith that's mentioned in the Bible. Yeah. Twelve was sound faith. No faith was Mark 4, 40. 440. Mustard seed. Mustard seed. It's two found in two places. Yeah. 
Mustard seed faith. I think I have a lot of mustard seed faith, just small faith. <laughs> you have the faith of a must as a mustard seed. You still can say to the mountain. See, God knows our faith works. He knows it works. He don't, he don't, he don't test our faith. You may test your heart, but you don't test our faith because you know faith works. The devil will test your faith. And we keep the shield of faith to protect us from the fiery darts that the enemy is going to throw at you. The devil's always putting thoughts in your mind. He has access to put thoughts in your mind. Thoughts of doubt, thoughts of unbelief. But the shield of faith keeps our heart and our spirit connected. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. Let's commit this to God. Father, we thank you, Lord God, what has been said here, God, that you would seal it to our hearts, to our spirits, God, that you would give us fresh revelation, even deeper revelation than, than what has been spoken today to each one of these people, your people, Lord. Each one of us have an experience of faith and so, Lord, we just thank you for the faith, the gift of faith. For by grace we're saved through faith. And we thank you for the gift of faith in Jesus' name. All right, let me see. Are you ready? Okay, uh, I'm going to, if there's any questions, they can ask later on, right? Okay. I, I love Naomi because my mother's name was Naomi. <laughs> yeah. I just grunted when I climbed. I'm like, I'm 30. I shouldn't grunt when I <laughs> move my body. Oh, wow. Yes, I have faith. <laughs> I'm grunting. Um, well, thank you, um, Chaplain Morris. That was amazing. Um, so what, what the Lord has been speaking about this is my part of it is the activation piece of it because I learned by doing and I think it's good for us to do together. So I'm going to read Luke 18 and we're going to do some activation and actual practice time. So Luke 18 is the story about the persistent widow. Then Jesus, so that's Luke 18, 1 through 8. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them what they should do. Sorry, let me reread this. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming from, to him with a plea. Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I do not fear God or care about men, yet, because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice, so that she won't, she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, listen to the unjust judge says, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man 
when the Son of Man comes back, will he find faith on earth? I'll read verse 8 again. I tell you, will he, I tell you, will he will see that they get justice and quickly. This is God. I tell you, God will see to it that we get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? And what, and I'm not saying this because I'm in the prayer ministry. That is not who I am. I, my identity is Jesus, and Jesus prayed, and so I pray. So I'm not saying this because I'm in the prayer ministry. But I think a lot of people want breakthrough, and they want to see God move, but they don't want to pray, and it doesn't work. And what the Lord is speaking to the church right now is if you want to see the lifestyle that Morris is living, you've got to pray. He's a praying man. He doesn't just wake up and walk around and pray for healing. He does that because he, he has an intimate life with Jesus where he knows that this is who I am, and I can pray for the sick, and God will heal me. And again, a lot of us are wanting breakthrough without partnering with the Lord in prayer. It does not work, and God is looking for partnership. And so that's how I come in is that I want us to pray today. We're going to pray. We're not going to just sit and listen to somebody speak. We're going to pray. I'm going to see breakthrough, and that's what we're going to do today. And before we start with all of that, I want to share a quick testimony of why Pastor Chris had asked me to, to do this in the first place. Two stories. So... What actually happened was one day I went to work out and I got I got sick from working out. I don't know why. And I texted people. They prayed for me. And then the next morning, I go to work out at 6 a.m. So I got up and I worked out. So when I got back in, they were kind of like, why did you work out? You're not feeling well. I'm like, no. I, I We prayed. I got healed. I wake up in the morning. I go work out. <laughs> I don't stay in bed three days because I don't believe in that. It's just I, I believe I'm healed and I do what I do. And also, a couple of years ago, I'm a licensed therapist and I quit my job and the Lord said to quit my job and go back to Bible school and pretty much called me into ministry. And in that moment of just, in my head, I knew, I was like, God, I'm going to ha- make less money. I knew that. Um, I knew just a lot of things was going to be at a loss for me. But at the same time, in that moment, I knew that if God called calls anybody to do something, he equips us. And by faith, I'm going to step out and do what God has called me to do. And for three years, I... I was leaving an apartment for one where the rent was ridiculous, and so I had to figure it out. So I put a post on Facebook, and this lady called me and said, well, I just bought a, I just bought a house. I have a, an open basement. And she pretty much said, how much will you pay to live in, the, in my basement? And he, I told her, well, I pay eight, 800 right now. And she says, well, you can pay half. And she had me pay half of my rent to stay in this beautiful, gorgeous life. If you've been to my place, it's, ama- it's way better than my apartment. And so being able to step out in faith and do that because, again, When you spend time with God in a secret place, it's easy to step out and make those decisions without being afraid of the outcomes. Because we believe that God will move. And so that's what we're going to do today. I'm not not going to preach. We're all going to stand up. Find a partner. Find somebody. It could be somebody you know. It could be somebody you don't know. Whoever it is, just get up. Find a partner. We're going to (laughs) pray. We're going to practice right away. God says, remember the persistent widow. She went back and asked over and over and over. And that's what we're doing today. There are things in your life that I know you want prayer for. There are things that God, some of you need healing. Some of you need the prodigals to come home. Some of you need breakthrough in your job or your personal life. Whatever it is. One of the things that God specifically spoke was that if there's something that you become apathetic about. It's like, ah, I've prayed a hundred times, so God will not do it. This is the time to pray, and we're going to pray. We're going to be the persistent widow and contend with God. So this is what we're going to do. You're going to ask your partner, one, what is it that you're contending for? What is it that you're asking God? God, I want breakthrough for. 
and you're going to ask them to pray for you in faith. We're, we're asking God in faith, Lord, come through for me. If there's a verse you want to stand on, it's Luke 18, the persistent window. You want to, God wants to find faith on earth. God wants to partner with us. So agree with the person, and we're asking for breakthrough for the person, and that's faith. It's that I believe God can do it for you. I was reading, um, I'm reading the book of Genesis right now, and it just, just came across. Genesis 18, 14. It says, is there anything too hard for the Lord? This is God who made the heavens and the earth. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Do you believe that? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? And so we're going to pray together. So start chatting with your partner. Ask them what it is that you want to pray about, and let's pray together. This is your activation. We're going to activate our faith. And when we start praying, we're not praying silently. Open your mouth and declare God's goodness over people. Okay, we're going to do something else. In Jesus' name. Okay, now can we all stand and lift up our hands? We're going to pray for an impartation of faith. A fresh faith for each one of us. That in 2019, we're going to have greater faith, a greater measure of faith. Not just in our personal life, not just in our churches, but outside the community of Jesus. God is looking for souls. People are dying and going to hell. We need faith to go out into the world and preach the gospel like Nene and Erike. Those who are women of faith, they're going to they're gonna lay hands. I told them, can you please lay hands on people tonight before you leave? Today, afternoon, before you leave. We're going to pray for you guys and pray, Lord. So raise your hands. We're all crying out. Me as well. Everybody. God, we pray. Open your mouths. We're all praying together. Lord, we're praying for a greater measure of faith in 2019, God. We will not be afraid to pray for the sick. We will not be afraid. In Jesus' name, God, I pray right now for an importation. Cry out for your own self, for your own family, God. God, I am praying for an importation of faith. A new measure of faith like I've never experienced before. In Jesus' name, God, pour out faith. Pour out faith in this house, Lord. Pour out faith in this house, God. If Jesus came back, will he find faith in the church? God, we pray for a greater measure of faith, Lord. God, we pray for a greater measure of faith, Lord. Nain and Erica, can you guys stop praying for people? Just lay hands on people and just release the gift of faith, God. A greater measure of faith, God. We want to see the blind healed in this house, Lord. We want to see the depressed completely full of joy in Jesus' name, Lord. We want to see breakthroughs in this house, Lord. In Jesus' name. We want to see our prodigals return home, Lord. In Jesus' name, God. God birthed in us a new cry for prayer. Even as Corey was praying last night, Lord. We need a new, a new desire to pray and partner with Jesus. To release the manifestations of God here on earth, Lord. If you want heaven on earth, heaven come. It's, it's faith. It's a greater level of faith. And access and the glory of the Lord here on earth. So God baptize us with a fresh faith. In Jesus' name, God, baptize us the fresh faith, God. Impart into us with a fresh faith. In Jesus' name. Chaplain Jackson, can you pray for people as well? Just go, ha- go ahead and lay hands on people. We're just imparting faith over people. Keep praying, people. We're hungry for, Lord, for the Lord. Say, God, activate my spirit, man. Quench my flesh, Jesus. Activate my spirit, man, in Jesus' name. We do not walk by sight. We walk by faith, Lord. God, activate the faith that you've already deposited. It's it's a gift. God, we're opening the gift today. We're opening the gift of faith, and we're claiming it, God. May 2019 be marked by a greater level of faith in Jesus' name. God, mark us with faith. 
We're opening the gift of faith today. We're taking it, Lord. We receive your gift of faith in Jesus' name. God, you respond quickly, so we receive it in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for the gift of faith in this house, Lord. May each one of us come back with a testimony saying, I was changed by today, Lord. That you marked me this afternoon, Lord. You marked me with a gift of faith this afternoon, Lord. God, mark us with a gift of faith, Lord. God, mark us with a gift of faith, Lord. God, mark us with a gift of faith in Jesus' name. God, activating us a spirit of faith. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I believe the Lord is going to release a testimony in each one of you this week. So make sure you go out and practice so you can come back with a testimony. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, it's question and answer time. Do you guys have any questions for Pastor Morris? Then I we will gladly answer them for you. You can keep praying. If anybody's praying, please keep praying. But if you have questions, we want to make sure we get to them for you guys. Anybody has questions? Anybody got a testimony of faith? Testimony right here, sir. What? Forty-five years. Forty-five years. I've known this man right here. I don't need that. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Um, as I turned my life to the Lord, um, struggling out of drug and alcohol addiction, I had a friend that was still stuck in that lifestyle uh, on the streets. And for two years, two and a half years, I prayed and prayed and I'd light candles and and I'd go to churches and, you know, a quiet time and it, just every day morning and night, I would pray for that person, uh, to, to change their life and to come to God and to, uh, become sober and, and care about himself. And through those two years, God changed my heart of the relationship. I thought it was between us. And I really, even though we weren't going to be together, uh, he really still poured into me that he wanted me to keep praying for this person. And, um, he came out of prison uh, in July, and he has been sober for one year now. So, 
Thank the Lord. Amen. Okay. <laughs> but I don't like to speak at all, but um, this situation actually occurred in this room about five years ago. Um, this is when prayer service on Wednesday night was still in this room. And um, there was a missionary here, um, and she was talking about her healing from sarcoidosis, which is very rare, but it's the exact same disease my daddy has suffered for, from for 25 years or more. And she was talking about her healing, and she was um, telling her doctors that she had been healed from sarcoidosis. And the doctors were like, no, you're dormant. Like, it doesn't go away. You're just not experiencing any symptoms. She said, no, I'm telling you, my God has delivered me from this disease. It's not in my body. You're wrong. And I'm done. And I remember sitting way over there saying, all right, God, it's my daddy's turn. I know you as healer. I know you as healer, and it's my daddy's turn. And I said, um, I come from most of the people in my family don't know the Lord at all. God, show yourself as healer. This is an opportunity for you to show yourself as healer. And my dad, and right there, God said, I'm going to show you. And he took me back probably years ago and showed me an instance of healing I didn't even know about. So he showed me that when I was pregnant with my daughter and another friend of mine, she was pregnant with her son and we both went to ultrasounds around the same time and um, the ultrasound revealed that my daughter might have cleft lip. And I was like, oh, that sucks. And her ultrasound revealed that her son might have clubbed foot. And I was a little like, oh, that sucks. But then I was like, so? You know, that's, that's a, a cosmetic thing. My baby's lip might not look right. I don't care. She's happy, healthy. I don't care. This is why I was pregnant with my daughter. Um, so the doctor told us we're going to follow up in six weeks. But when they told me that my daughter had cleft lip, there were probably three doctors surrounding this ultrasound, and they were all looking at the ultrasound and just kind of looking at it crazy, and all of them were in agreement that something was wrong. Um, Six weeks later, nothing wrong with my baby. The <laughs> doctor walked in and in 30 seconds says, see your baby's lips, she's just fine and walks out. My friend, complete opposite. Um, that baby did have club foot. And I shared with her my perspective. So, <laughs> um, your baby might wear a special shoe and that's okay. But what happened was her doctor said, no, that club foot is an indicator of some genetic malformalities, and there were a host of things wrong. Her son was born with um, just a list of things and didn't make it past 10 months. And right over there, my God told me, when your baby was in your tummy, there was something wrong. And I healed your child because I heard your prayers. And she did not go the direction that that other little boy did, but you set, that, you set that situation down and you laid it down in front of me and you prayed for that baby girl. And she's eight years old and the happiest, healthiest girl on the planet. Um, but to know that my God, he said, I'm going to show you healing. You want to see healing. You, you asked me to do it again. Let me show you. And it was right here in this room that I really, truly knew him as healer. And my daddy ain't been sick since, so <laughs> that too. Hey, this morning. Hey, this morning. Man, where we at? Back here. Oh, you got a mic? Go ahead. Yeah, so, okay, so my son Liam is six months old, and we had a doctor's appointment this past Monday. And he was saying that, oh, 
Liam should be rolling over by now. He's like two months behind or something. So on Tuesday, I, you know, I kept thinking about it. I'm like, this kind of bothers me. Like he should, you know, I want him to roll over. So I just, I just looked at him. I put him in the crib on his tummy and I was like, Liam, you're a child of excellence, and you're going to be ahead of your peers, so roll over in Jesus' name. And then I just went downstairs, did some laundry, came back up. He had, he had turned, he was on his back. I was like, okay, so, okay, let me make sure this is happening, you know. So I put him back on his tummy. He rolled over again. He did it like five times. And ever since then, he's been rolling over, so praise God. <laughs> Flowers, did you have a <laughs> Um, So when, can you hear me? Okay, when I was saved eight years ago, I first went to my family. I've been praying for my family every day. I want them to be saved. That's what I want, God. And um, God had me move to Omaha. My family's in Cleveland, Ohio. And I really wanted to move back because I want to, like, be there. I want to share Jesus with them. But God's like, no, no. Um, so I pray that God would send people to my family and send the church to them. So this past year, 2018, my dad ran for um, House of Representative. And um, during the um, election process or whatever, um, this church reached out to my dad, who's very, like, really cynical towards the church, thinks the church is, like, just a money, whatever, all that kind of stuff. The church reached out to him to pray for him. During that season, they laid hands on him and my mom, and um, he didn't end up winning the election, but um, through that, um, he did give his life to God, and they've been going to church, and my mom's been texting me, like, Bible verses and stuff, and saying, like, the sermons are speaking right to them, you know, like, God is moving, so I'm just... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Amen. Oh, oh, behind you. Oh, behind you. Okay, but, but there's a mic over there too. So I don't think I need it either. Anyway, I just met Freddie, and he was concerned about, you know, praying for people, and I told him what my need was, and he just prayed a beautiful prayer, out of his heart. And ministered to me. And another thing is, I was going to come to this prayer, this this group. I was going to go to the uh, prophetic, and I bring my granddaughter here, and she comes here for the youth. And so I just thought, kids auditorium, I came here. But I want to say, it was appointed to happen. And uh, Naomi and Chaplin, I thought I had this faith thing pretty well wrapped up. You tied some loose ends in for me. And so I know that God wanted me to be here. He wanted me to pray with Freddie. You know, there's three of us at his table here, and I don't know his friend, but he chose to go over and talk, pray with someone else so that we could have the time together. So praise the Lord. Amen. About six months ago, um, my husband's hours got reduced from 40 hours down to 10 hours. We haven't had benefits in five years. We've had to have private health insurance, all of that. My son gets hit by a driver, totals his truck. Our sewer line busts in our house, so our whole house smelled like poop. Um, just went on and on and on. And through all this, with my type A personality, the Lord just kept me calm. And 
Uh, he just gave us opportunities. My husband started driving for Lyft and doing different stuff like that, doing handyman work, mowing lawns, you know, which is totally not in my husband's normal what he does for a living and stuff. And and I prayed. I'm like, Lord, I've been a stay-at-home mom for 21 years. And I said, Lord, if you want me to go back to work, then provide an opportunity for to work from home. That next day, I saw on the neighborhood blog that Omaha Steaks was hiring from home for the holidays. So I did that for the holidays. But I've had people say, well, I think you need to go out and find a job. You need to do that. You need to do this. And, and I'm like, and it, actually, in the last couple of weeks, I've been offered two jobs, but I did not have a piece about it. And I'm like, nope. And I, I said, that's between my husband and I and God. And we still have money in savings. We have not missed a meal. We have a roof over our head. You know, and my, my son, his truck was literally on its last leg. They told us his truck could die at any point. They gave us seven times the amount of what his truck was worth for that, for that accident. And yesterday, my husband got a job offer, and so we're praying over the weekend that it's exactly where the Lord wants. But I'm just saying the Lord will provide Jehovah Jireh. He will provide every need that you have. And don't let other people, even good intentional Christians, dictate what the Lord wants for you and your family. Amen. Jehovah Jireh. God is a provider. We had a testimony right here. Did you have your hand up a minute ago? Yes, you had a hand up. It's not the girl behind you. Yeah. Yeah, she had a hand up. Well, God has been good. I I don't think I've shared my testimony enough, but my mom came three years, was it two, three years ago? And so she came to visit me. Every time I've had a baby, we are from Ghana. She's come, she's helped me for several months. And the last time I had a baby, my son is now three. She came and she helped and she said, she started complaining about back pain. Oh, I just feel a little tired. I feel a little pain. And she did some tests before she went. And they said it could be multiple myeloma. It's a cancer. And they told us, when we went to see the oncologist, he said, well, there's no need to rush anything. Multiple myeloma is one of those cancers that can be 15 years before it does anything. So don't worry about it. My mom is in her 70s. So I was like, oh, 15 years. Won't worry about it. By the time she came and helped me for six months and went back to Ghana, she got back and she was sick, like sick, sick, sick. She goes and sees an oncologist there. They look and they're like, oh, my goodness, this has been going on for a long time. And we are like, no, it hasn't been going on for a long time. Within the time she left here and the time, I mean, if it's like it progressed like 10 years. And within, we started trying to get her back here and all that. We, I talked to a lot of people. She's international immigration stories are everywhere she doesn't get health care here she doesn't and i just kept praying i'm like god i need a miracle i really need a miracle and so i she was doing some chemo at home it was miserable health care at home was close to zero and so finally i just said god if she doesn't get health care she's going to die we need a miracle so we were able to get her a ticket, and everybody kept telling me, if she comes in through immigration and she's that sick, they won't even let her in because how is she going to pay for her care? And so we flew her through London th coming in, and I remember through the night I got a call, and some random person called me and said, I'm calling about your mom. I almost passed out because, I mean, she literally was coming in a wheelchair. I, 
I am ashamed to say, I expected them to say, your mom didn't make it. I mean, that is how fearful I was. And luckily, the person said, well, she came in and I'm helping her. And she made it here. And the testimonies are endless. We got chemo paid for. Miraculously, she got a program. We got an oncologist who volunteered his time. We've gotten, I mean, my mom literally was 5'2", and her spine cracked, and she was like four something. And we got surgery where they put cement in between, and now she's five even. So I make fun of her. I'm like, I'm the taller one. But through this, God has been faithful. We've had Peter's in our prayer group, and we've had people pray for her endlessly. We had a couple in the church who we were praying with, literally walked to me and gave me half a ticket in an envelope and say, we felt like God said we should help you out. And today, she's when she came in, she couldn't pick up her purse. Now she can pick up my three-year-old son. And I'm like, put him down. <laughs> like, God has been good. I, I could tell you endlessly, yes, God has been good. So... I came in here because I told my mom, I said, I feel like my faith is cooling off. But as you explained the 15 steps of faith, I said, I think I've been praying for, praying for that first faith where it's, it's always bubbling. But I think God is maturing us to a faith that says, I may not feel it. I may not see it. But I know. Job said I'd heard of it, but now I know. You know, so Amen. Amen. Um, okay, so when I grew up, my family, um, so at a very young age, my mom got super sick. My mom's a little person, so she's a dwarf. And uh, the doctors just told me that she got super sick and there's nothing they could do for her. Um, and then there was a time where um, my mom, she lost her job and my dad was working two jobs. And around the age of 12, my dad's like, hey, if there's anything you can do for the family, like do it. And um, so I got babysitting jobs, and then I had to help make pay for income at a young age. And then um, growing up and stuff, my parents just kept that mentality. That's what I had. And um, working and doing school and stuff was just ridiculous. I couldn't do it. And then my relationship with my parents just wasn't there. I was more like of an ATM than I was a daughter. Um, like, my parents, they grew up in the church, but they kind of, like, lost a lot of faith. And, um, and they became emotionally abusive and sometimes physically abusive. And I just, oh, man, like, I'm so thankful that um, I was plugged in here in high school. And I found the Lord, and um, God helped me so much. And then there just came to a point where my parents just disowned me um, just because I wasn't paying the amount that they wanted me to pay for. And God told me that it's not your job to take care of them. It's my job. And um, so when I told my parents that, they're like, okay. They opened the front door, and they're like, I want you to walk out this door. I want you to fall flat on your face and know how lucky you were to have parents like us. Um, And that destroyed me. I remember running into my bathroom, closing the door, and just started screaming to God, my God, this doesn't make sense. Like, I want you to make my parents love me the way they're supposed to. And then God just told me, it's not going to happen right now. Gather yourself and follow me. So I packed my car. I had to leave my sister with my parents. That was, like, the hardest thing ever. But um, I left. I had no idea where I was going to go. 
but there's this lady um, who is um, a mother to one of my friends, and she just calls me, and she just says, like, hey, I have, um, I heard about your story, and I was just wondering, would you want to live with me and my family? And so I lived with them for about a year, and then you really taught me what it was like to be loved as a daughter, and um, what a parent, like, is supposed to look like, and just how much um, my identity is found in Christ, and um, after a year living with them, Um, and then, so then, uh, about a year after that, God told me, he's like, hey, I want you to go to your parents, and I want you to talk to them about everything that they've done. And I was like, God, there's no way. I want to talk to them about what they've done. There's no way. Um, but God's like, they need to know, because I don't think they truly understand what's been going on. So I did, and I went, um, I told my mom everything, and my mom's like, that was so wrong, what we did to you and what happened. And then uh, my mom and dad went through counseling, and now they have an amazing relationship with the Lord. And for the first time ever, like, they love me as a daughter. For the first time ever. Uh, I didn't think I was going to do that because they were, like, really addicted to drugs and alcohol, and now they've given up on all of that. And um, so, yeah, and they're even coming to here tonight, so I'm really excited. <laughs> Well, this is the time for uh, closing, and we're going to go to lunch. Uh, thank you for being here, and we're going to pray. Thank you, God, for the, for the word you gave us uh, through Chaplain Morris and Naomi. Thank you for the things that you're going to do in our hearts now, from now on. And, and, and thank you because you're good, you're faithful, you love us, and, and that you're going to continue showing us the faith uh, strengthened throughout this week and throughout the year. Um, just we bless you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.